The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 27th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Now Jesus stood before the governor, and the governor asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus said, You have said so. But when he was accused by the chief priests and the elders, he gave no answer. Then Pilate said to him, Do you not hear how many things they testify against you? But he gave him no answer, not even to a single charge, so that the governor was greatly amazed. Now at the feast, the governor was accustomed to release for the crowd any one prisoner whom they wanted. And they had then a notorious prisoner called Barabbas. So when they had gathered, Pilate said to them, Whom do you want me to release for you, Barabbas or Jesus, who is called Christ? For he knew that it was out of envy that they had delivered him up. Besides, while he was sitting on the judgment seat, his wife sent word to him, Have nothing to do with that righteous man, for I have suffered much because of him today in a dream. Now the chief priests and the elders persuaded the crowd to ask for Barabbas and destroy Jesus. The governor again said to them, Which of the two do you want me to release for you? And they said, Barabbas. Pilate said to them, Then what shall I do with Jesus who is called Christ? They all said, Let him be crucified. And he said, Why? What evil has he done? But they shouted all the more, let him be crucified. So when Pilate saw that he was gaining nothing, but rather that a riot was beginning, he took water and washed his hands before the crowd, saying, I am innocent of this man's blood. See to it yourselves. And all the people answered, his blood be on us and on our children. Then he released for them Barabbas. And having scourged Jesus, delivered him to be crucified. Then the soldiers of the governor took Jesus into the governor's headquarters, and they gathered the whole battalion before him, and they stripped him, and put a scarlet robe on him, and twisting together a crown of thorns, they put it on his head, and put a reed in his right hand. And kneeling before him, they mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews! And they spit on him, and took the reed and struck him on the head. And when they had mocked him, they stripped him of the robe and put his own clothes on him, and led him away to crucify him. As they went out, they found a man of Cyrene, Simon by name. They compelled this man to carry his cross. And when they came to a place called Golgotha, which means place of a skull, They offered him wine to drink, mixed with gall, but when he had tasted it, he would not drink it. And when they had crucified him, they divided his garments among them by casting lots. Then they sat down and kept watch over him there. And over his head they put the charge against him, which read, This is Jesus, the King of the Jews. Then two robbers were crucified with him, one on the right and one on the left. And those who passed by derided him, wagging their heads and saying, 
You who would destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days, save yourself. If you are the Son of God, come down from the cross. So also the chief priests with the scribes and elders mocked him, saying, He saved others. He cannot save himself. He is the King of Israel. Let him come down now from the cross, and we will believe in him. He trusts in God. Let God deliver him now, if he desires him. For he said, I am the Son of God. And the robbers who were crucified with him also reviled him in the same way. Now from the sixth hour there was darkness over all the land until the ninth hour. And about the ninth hour Jesus cried out with a loud voice, saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, that is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And some of the bystanders hearing it said, This man is calling Elijah. And one of them at once ran and took a sponge, filled it with sour wine, and put it on a reed and gave it to him to drink. But the others said, Wait, let us see whether Elijah will come to save him. And Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. And behold, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom, and the earth shook and the rocks were split. The tombs also were opened, and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. And coming out of the tombs after his resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many. When the centurion and those who were with him, keeping watch over Jesus, saw the earthquake and what took place, they were filled with awe and said, Truly this was the Son of God. There were also many women there, looking on from a distance, who had followed Jesus from Galilee, ministering to him, among whom were Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of James and Joseph and the mother of the sons of Zebedee. When it was evening, there came a rich man from Arimathea named Joseph, who also was a disciple of Jesus. He went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Then Pilate ordered it to be given to him. And Joseph took the body and wrapped it in a clean linen shroud and laid it in his own new tomb, which he had cut in the rock. And he rolled a great stone to the entrance of the tomb and went away. Mary Magdalene and the other Mary were there, sitting opposite the tomb. Next day, that is, after the day of preparation, the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered before Pilate and said, Sir, we remember how that impostor said while he was still alive, After three days I will rise. Therefore order the tomb to be made secure until the third day, lest his disciples go and steal him away and tell the people, He has risen from the dead. And the last fraud will be worse than the first. Pilate said to them, You have a guard of soldiers. Go, make it as secure as you can. So they went and made the tomb secure by sealing the stone and setting a guard. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
Last Sunday, we heard of the resurrection of Lazarus. And at the end of that text, the Pharisees and chief priests gather together and they make plans to put Jesus to death. About a week later comes our Lord's triumphal entry into Jerusalem, the day that we know as Palm Sunday. Jesus rides into Jerusalem as a king on that day, but a humble king, a king who comes to give his life for his kingdom. We hear about the Palm Sunday coming of Jesus today. And the church also has a long history of hearing this account at the beginning of Advent as we prepare to celebrate Christmas. So that the first thing we hear every year is about Jesus riding into Jerusalem on the week of his death. The first thing we hear about Jesus every year is the gospel text before us. For in this text, we learn both how Jesus comes to us and why. Now, why Jesus comes, we cannot go to God. An unholy people cannot be in the presence of a holy God. Nor can we go to Jesus. We cannot earn our way to him or ever begin to deserve his love. He must come to us. And why does Jesus come? But to bring us back to God. And how does he come? Not in judgment or condemnation, but to die for us, to give himself as our ransom. Jesus comes in humility. And this coming of Jesus is the focus of the entire scriptures. Every Old Testament reading leads to the death and resurrection of Jesus. It's what every epistle lesson exhorts you to remember, what every miracle of Jesus points to, and every word that he says leads to, his death. So this is our focus in Lent and Holy Week. It's what we preach on the 15th Sunday after Pentecost and Christmas Day and the last Sunday of the church year. This is the theme for the first Sunday in Advent and for Palm Sunday. And I think it's why these two Sundays are often linked by the same gospel reading. The German composer Johann Sebastian Bach saw this connection too. In his Christmas oratorio, Bach used one of our Advent hymns, O Lord, How Shall I Meet You? It's a hymn based on our gospel reading today. And in writing that hymn, Paul Gerhardt reflects on what our Lord does for us in his incarnation, how Jesus comes to save us. But when Bach uses it in his Christmas oratorio, he puts those words to a different tune. In fact, he uses the tune of our Lenten hymn that we just sang, O Sacred Head Now Wounded, a hymn that reflects on our Lord's passion. So this morning, let's consider those two hymns together. 
O Lord, how shall I meet you? How welcome you aright. Your people long to greet you, my hope, my heart's delight. O kindle, Lord most holy, your lamp within my breast, to do in spirit lowly all that may please you best. Your Zion strews before you green boughs and fairest palms, and I too will adore you with joyous songs and psalms. My heart shall bloom forever, forever for you with praises new, and from your name shall never withhold the honor due. How pale thou art with anguish, with sore abuse and scorn. How doth thy face now languish that once was bright as morn. Grim death with cruel vigor hath robbed thee of thy life. Thus thou hast lost thy vigor, thy strength in this sad strife. I lay in fetters groaning. You come to set me free. I stood my shame bemoaning. You come to honor me. A glorious crown you give me. A treasure safe on high that will not fail or leave me as earthly riches fly. O sacred head now wounded, with grief and shame weighed down, now scornfully surrounded with thorns, thine only crown. O sacred head, what glory, what bliss till now was thine. Yet though despised and gory, I joy to call thee mine. Love caused your incarnation. Love brought you down to me. Your thirst for my salvation procured my liberty. O love beyond all telling, that led you to embrace in love, all love excelling, our lost and fallen race. What thou, my Lord, hast suffered was all for sinner's gain. Mine, mine was the transgression, but thine the deadly pain. Lo, here I fall, my Savior, tis I deserve thy place. Look on me with thy favor, vouchsafe to me thy grace. What language shall I borrow to thank thee, dearest friend, for this thy dying sorrow, thy pity without end? O make me thine forever, and should I fainting be, Lord, let me never, never outlive my love to Thee. Rejoice then, you sad-hearted, who sit in deepest gloom, who mourn, who mourn over joy, joys departed, and tremble at your doom. Despair not, He is near you, now standing at your door, who best can help and cheer you, and bids you weep no more. You do not need to bother or wonder day and night how you can bring your brother by your weak strength and might. He comes. He comes all willing, moved by his love alone, your your fears and troubles stilling, for all to him are known. So what? Though the foes be raging, ignore their craft and spite. Your Lord, the battle waging, 
will scatter all their might. He comes, a king most glorious, and all his earthly foes in vain his course victorious endeavor to oppose. Be thou my consolation, my shield when I must die. Remind me of thy passion when my last hour draws nigh. Mine eyes shall then behold thee, upon thy cross shall dwell. My heart by faith enfold thee, who dieth thus, dies well. He comes to judge the nation, a terror to his foes, a light of consolation and blessed hope to those who love the Lord's appearing. O glorious sun, now come, send forth your beams so cheering, and guide us safely home. And so we pray, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. In the holy name of Jesus. Amen. The peace of God keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.